Jimbo. Hey, Tracy. Man, I love talking to you. I know, I feel the same way. I think that we should just have like a duplex and you get to be on one side and I can be on the other. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> and then whenever I have a question, I can just like either knock by Morse code through the wall or, That would you know, be great. be close. It'd be so easy to do our podcast. <laughs> it would be much easier to do our podcast too. Well, thank you. We might get sick of each other though. No, I don't know. I don't. No? Okay, I good. Like you. All right. I kind of like, like you, you a lot. So. <laughs> We are with Little Things First Podcast, and we are so happy to be here sharing uh, our conversations. And today, who do we get to talk to, Jim? We're going to talk to Rusty Mathis, who is a new principal this year. We both know her from uh, our old days together in the same district, and... um, I think at the time she was an assistant principal. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And a good one at that. Yes. So I'm excited to hear her experiences as a new principal in this weird year. Right. <laughs> that she nobody has ever experienced. She is a brand new principal in 2020, the year of the devil. <laughs> She must have had some skills that they really liked that she could have, you know, that she could bring into this yeah. just horrible experience. But Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's give her a call. Hello. Rusty. Hey, Tracy. How are you? (laughs) We are so happy to finally talk with you. We've been actually, sadly, having to reschedule a few times, but we're so glad that we've been able to connect. Great. Hi, Rusty. Crazy, yeah, but it's good to hear your voice. Hey, Jim, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, where are you exactly? You're somewhere in Texas, right? Yes, Pearland, Texas. It's southeast of Houston. Okay. Well, when we were doing our introductions before we gave you a call, we talked about how we want to hear from you as a new principal in the year of the devil. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to say it. (laughs) So tell us first a little bit. We know you, but share your experience and tell us a little bit about your school, and then we'll dig into the details. Well, this is my first year as a principal. For nine years, I was an assistant principal, four years in Salt Lake City, and then we relocated here to Pearland. And so I served in our district at an elementary school for five years and then accepted this position this past summer. Um, our school is a Title One school. Um, we are about 700 students. Wow. We have 600 at home, uh, at school, and a hundred at home doing remote learning. Wow. By by choice, or doing remote learning, or it's like a quarantine thing. It's by choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get to choose each nine weeks what mode of learning they would like to have. Mm-hmm. Great. And our teachers are doing um, simultaneously. They are teaching in the classroom and live instruction. Oh wow! Wow. And is this the elementary school? Yes, it okay. is uh, pre-K through fourth grade. Okay, great. That's a lot of kids for pre-K four. Right. It is. It's a pretty large district. We have 11 elementary schools, and we are all pretty full. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, they're lucky to have you. Yes, they are. Oh, we know. Thank you. <laughs> thank we you. Know. So one of the things we were hoping to talk with you about is just what, what well, besides you know, how are you surviving? 
Right. <laughs> but I'm also curious to know what kinds of supports as a new principal have you been receiving or maybe not receiving that have helped you get to this place? And as we all are looking at like the principal pipeline, needing more strong principals like yourself, what are other ways that we could, all of us, you know, make it so that we can bring in principals and help support them in their in their early stages of their career. So tell us tell us a little bit about your mentoring and your and what's helped to bring you here and the support you are getting. Sure. Um first I have to say uh, you know a lot of people think it's crazy, you know, why would you want to be a principal during this <laughs> crazy time? Yes. But you know I I have also been able to look at it from the bright side is that um there's a lot of things that we're not having on our campuses that's kind of allowed me to tiptoe into the into the position where you know we're not having family events we're not having mm. visitors on mm -hmm. campus things like that and so I feel like that's um I do miss seeing everyone but it's also an opportunity for me to focus on you know other things at the same time um our district offers us um we have one person that is over us 11 uh, elementary she serves as an assistant superintendent and she um makes you know every 6 weeks we see her on campus for a scheduled visit of course she's readily available by phone at any time we also have uh, principal pairings. So there are three of us or four in some cases, and we meet um, once every six weeks as well. We've been doing that through Zoom because of COVID, but we meet together and our um, leader gave us uh, topics to discuss each time about things that are coming up and what are we doing on each of our campuses. And that's been very helpful um, because sometimes you get wrapped up and just living day to day and you right. don't have time to think ahead. And that's an opportunity to say, okay, these things are coming up. And then when I get to them, I'm like, great, we've already discussed these. And mm -hmm. So I have some great ideas. Mm -hmm. so. Do you have principal meetings also with all 11 so that you have <laughs> a chance do. to hear also from them? Mm -hmm. We do. We just we just had one. We usually meet together as elementary, and then we meet all together with all district administration. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, how are you um, going about taking care of your teachers during this time? I mean, are they stressed to the max because they're having to teach in person and the virtually, life. or you know, are they handling it pretty well? I. I I've heard horror stories about, you know, just <laughs> teachers saying, I can't take on any more. And, um, yes. you know, we really have tried to, in lots of cases, focus on their mental health as well. And their, Absolutely. you know, feelings of, of uh, taking care of them, being taken care of. So how are you going about that? Um, that was, I mean, definitely at the beginning of the year when teachers were trying to imagine what this would look like. It was really difficult to wrap your mind around because it's new. It's nothing anyone's ever right. done before. And so it was, you know, it was overwhelming. Some people who were very comfortable with technology jumped in and were ready to take it on and others were ready to pack their bags and, you know, drive down the driveway. Um, so, you know, a lot of that counselor hat, you know, came on a lot mm -hmm. of, you can do this. What support do you need? Um, 
And now, um, you know, if I go down the hall or into a classroom, I mean, it just, it gives you the chills because the things that they're doing is so seamless now. And, you know, the months ago, they couldn't imagine what it would look like. And now you see them um, talking to their classroom and, you know, advocating um, for questions. And then they go over to the computer and say, oh, and those of you at home, do you have any questions? And it just it just flows now and they just didn't think they could do it, but they do. Um, it is a lot more on their plate. And Mm. so we are spending, um, a lot of time trying to find ways to take other things off of their plate. So like, uh, the district took away their annual evaluations unless you are a brand new teacher. So that took some stress off of their plates. Um, you know, uh, that was more of a gift to me than they realized. But, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> Those are a lot of work. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, you know, that took that stress for them away. We're not having a lot of our typical meetings that we would have on campus. And then our school counselor on uh, our faculty meeting days, instead of using that as a time to just give them information, she is using that time to give them some tips on how to take a few minutes to, re- you know, unwind or mm-hmm. refresh themselves. So nice. uh, a lot of pouring, you know, we do a lot of pouring into teachers. That is a lot different than other professions, but, you know, they just always need um, you to pour into them, whether that's just a simple good morning right. or it's a, you know, cute pair of socks in their box or just anything you can do to let them know that they're being appreciated yeah. so they can keep moving forward. Yeah. I've heard of some other districts that have been doing that as well with the just the computer open during the lesson and the kids are just following along with the lesson so the teachers aren't having to feel like, okay, I'm teaching during my day and then I have to go, you know, after school or go home and teach students then. And so I I really like that. I think that that's probably the best of the best of anything at this point. Yes. That's good. That's good that that's available. I've heard of a few models. So this is just a little of a segue, but I've also heard that that's a really tough model for teachers. Um, I'm thinking of a district where they are doing the same thing and, and the teachers have in this district felt like it's been really difficult to feel like they're truly serving those kids through the computer. Right. Um, and I think teachers take that to heart, you know, they don't, they don't want any of their kids to not do well. So it, it kind of has added an extra layer of stress. And even though we don't intend for them to go home, they have found themselves having to follow up with those who are in that distance model because they care so deeply about their student success. And uh, I think it's maybe extended their day. I'm curious if you feel that's been happening, Rusty. Uh, we have narrowed that down to just a, you know a handful of students the the key factor for those kids who are at home has been their parents. Mm-hmm. If if they have that parent support, um, parents who have chosen to do remote learning were also asked to sign an agreement that they would be their child's learning coach, that they would be there with them for online instruction. Um, one to make sure that they could get online and that they were participating appropriately. And those parents who have stepped up and done that, those kids have been successful. We have about 10 out of our 100 that are at home Mm -hmm. that just don't 
have that type of support for mm-hmm. one reason or another. And those are the ones that our teachers are finding it um, difficult, you know, to lay their head on the pillow at night and wonder if um, this is the best mode of instruction. So um, the Texas Education Agency just passed this last week that schools in Texas can now require students who are at home and are failing and or have attendance issues to come back on campus. Now, our superintendent does not want to require anyone, but before we leave for Christmas break, we are going to send requests home to those parents whose kids are not doing well with remote learning and request that they return to campus. Hmm. So. And maybe those 10 would be in that group for your school. Those that, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Their grades are not... You know, they're not good. They're not always um, either getting on or participating appropriately. And that's hard for the teachers because if if they were in your classroom, you would be going over and, you know, squatting down beside their desk or pulling them out in the hallway for a minute and trying to talk to them about why they're not participating. And that's difficult when you're online. And so you do have to spend that extra time either calling after school or asking them to stay online for a few minutes after everyone gets off. So that is hard on them. And um, we feel that that's going to cause a major gap in their learning. Yeah. And there's just so much that you can't replicate from a distance. Exactly. I mean, like, you yes. know, hands-on assignments, cooperative learning, those kinds of things, partner talk, but they lose out on all that. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, yes. That's hard. Um, do you have an assistant or two or three in your building, assistant principal? I do. I have um, two assistant principals uh, for the first semester. I have one on uh, maternity leave, so it's the two of us, but after Christmas, I'll have two. Nice. That is nice. Yes. That's a nice support. It sounds like you've got some nice supports in, in your district. Yes, we're very lucky. Um, we do have our, our district is, a, um, of course, been around for a long time with a lot of senior people at the top and were once building principals themselves. And so they, they still understand what it was like and, um, you know, are always thinking of ways to try to give us support as well as take some things off our plate. Our curriculum department is amazing. And instead of using the coaches to go out and do um, tons of coaching, they're still doing some, but they are also creating uh, online lessons for our teachers. So that um, that took some, you know, that was a lot for them because they felt like they were doing double planning. Sure. I have to I have to plan for the kids in class and make sure that it's accessible to the kids at home. And, and we provide um, asynchronous activities as well for the kids to do at home through the Seesaw mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. And so they have been creating lots of uh, Seesaw activities um, for the grade levels to take that off their plate. So that's been an enormous help as well. Do you have a lot of new teachers? I do. I sure do. We had um, not a lot that are new to the profession itself, but are new to the district. Um, but I have two very brand new teachers that this is their first year. Mm-hmm. So like you, a tough year to start. It has been. It has been. <laughs> um, I think for them, it's different in the sense that they haven't seen it any other way unless um, 
you know, except from their student teaching in mm-hmm. the spring. And that was quite crazy right. <laughs> itself. And so, um, but they're doing extremely well in, in spite of it. And I think it's probably because they weren't set in a certain way of doing things and having to make a change. They're just having to kind of go with how it is right now. So, yeah. So you yeah. talked about your coaches really doing, um, a big, uh, level of, uh, you know, big favor, big, lots of support in that curriculum development, like online learning modules, if you will. And yes. so have they continued that or have they sort of been able to pull back and be back in your building to support those new teachers alongside you or where, where are they now? Uh, they're still doing both. Um, they are coming out to, um, all of new teachers, whether you are new to the district or new to the profession, they are coming out and doing coaching rounds for each subject. Um, but instead of a lot of, um, we offered a lot of academies for new teachers to attend. And instead of having to prepare for a lot of those, because we can't do the in-person uh, training, they are mm-hmm. still doing a lot of uh, lessons lesson creation and sending those out. And mostly because uh, when we do meet as principals, the curriculum director asks, you know, what is helping? And Mm -hmm. that seems to be the number one thing that teachers want right now. Just take a little bit of the load off of my plate Mm -hmm. um, so that I feel like I can breathe and, you know, still have the opportunity to leave at a decent hour and give myself some time yeah, you know, to, yeah, uh, nice. I'm yes. curious. Some states have been um, preparing or offering up waivers and amendment requests to the federal government about end of level assessments counting towards accountability. I'm curious yes. if you're aware of any of that going on in Texas. Yes, absolutely. Um, initially, there was a lot of push to us not doing our state assessment. Um, and then the, you know, kind of the word down the pipe was, yes, we are still going to do it because we didn't do one in this last spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the push is okay. If we're doing it, let's not have it, uh, count towards accountability. Um, with this being a legislative year, I think that, um, there's probably a lot of proponents for that. And as we get into the school year, we are doing some of those common assessments and benchmarks, you know, we're definitely seeing that the spring um, gave us some huge gaps. But at the same time, as educators, we know that we have to have some kind of measurement of where we are and where we need to go. It's just that stress of holding us accountable or giving us ratings on as schools that we're yeah. concerned about, you know. Yeah, because your your schools were sort of graded based on those results, correct? Absolutely, yes, and on your progress, yeah, mostly you know from year to year, which we won't have because we didn't give one right last year. But you know, I know from another perspective, we we have to have that piece, and so where do we pick back up, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> how do we account for this? Um, and because we're not seeing an end in sight, right. to COVID, um, you know, I think it's hard to make a final decision 
But let me just make sure. So what I'm hearing is Texas is planning on doing the assessments, but just not counting those assessment results towards any kind of accountability or grading That's or ranking. That's the push at this point. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But it'll be still some good information that you can use to, you know, kind of see where you stand. And sure. It's probably, yes. it's probably better that way, actually, not yeah. tied to the accountability. You can use it as information and right. make some set some goals right and, yeah yes. um so i'm yeah. wondering how you're taking care of yourself through all of this Good because point, the first year being a principal is so challenging and just what are you doing well um you know a lot of self-talk <laughs> i talk to myself <laughs> a lot uh, you know um and then it, it always helps you know i have a handful of uh friends who are either in their first year as principal or in their first few years. And uh, it's always good to hear their voice to know, yes, you're, you're not crazy. That's how it is. Um, you know, it'll be better next year. Mm -hmm. Just that kind of voice of reason mm -hmm. is always very helpful, mm -hmm. um, you know, to kind of, and then, you know, just feeding your soul, knowing right. that uh, we're all in this together. Um, you know, this is a, a very different time, but, no one has ever been through this before and, mm -hmm. and we're just, you know, we're figuring it out as we go. And so just a lot of, um, I'm in a lot of online groups, uh, of principals. I'm also in my, uh, doctorate program and have some, some fellow, um, people there that, you know, we just share with each other. <laughs> um, it makes you feel better to know that you're not alone and how you're feeling. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot going on. I was but... going to say, cause you were bored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't plan it to be in my last semester of my doctorate program and being a first year principal, but oh, wow. I don't, I don't want to stop either. Sure, so, um, sure. you know, yeah. When you think back about, um, you know, principal preparation and, yes. and like the competencies that the program is supposed to be preparing you for, I'm curious about what you think from your, at least not your doctorate, although you could mm -hmm. refer to that as well. What do you feel like was appropriate prep that happened or took place or you received when you were at that university program becoming mm -hmm. sort of a principal, you know, what was principal school like for you and how did it help? I think, um, you know, each time I think about our education programs at the college level, you know, they always say, well, they didn't teach me this when I was in school. Or, I <laughs> wish I'd known about this. You know, I think it would be really hard to teach those day-to-day -day things. But what we learned in, in school as, as a group and talking through was just that rationale, you know, of what's right, what's best practices, what's the law in terms of this. So when you are confronted with things, you have a global background about this area and it, it kind of, you know, stabilizes you in making a decision. I don't think anyone particular class or professor or program could prepare you for the types of questions or situations that come your way as a building principal, even as an assistant principal. But I think it, it kind of grounds you in your base knowledge so that you're comfortable making decisions. And I just always go back to what's best for students. If I can stand behind that in my decision, I know I'm doing the right thing. Um, and I, I think that's probably where um, 
it's hard when you first come out to be a teacher and administrator because you're thinking, oh my gosh, no one told me about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just don't think you can. You have to get out there and have that experience, but you also have to have that good, solid foundation so that you can make good decisions. And that's what education gives us. Yeah. When you think about the PhD program, just to kind of juxtapose, are there things Mm -hmm. that you've been, you know, hearing, reading, researching, learning that you're like, oh, I should have had this the first round? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have what I'm researching and looking into is uh, those building supports for principals. And what is it? (laughs) What is it that they need the most help with and where do they get that help from or where can they get that help from? And it really does boil down to those day-to-day decisions um, and, and having those people available. I feel sometimes when I have to make a big decision that I, I know what it needs to be, but it really helps to hear it from someone else <laughs> just to kind of validate your thinking. Okay. And then get the right words before you move forward. Mm-hmm. And so it's having those you know, coaches and directors and and principal uh, leaders that you can say, okay, I've got this situation and this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? And just Mm -hmm. hearing their words. And it's not usually something totally off the mark that I was thinking. It's just validating that. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel comfortable. (laughs) I feel comfortable saying that now for Mm -hmm. sure. Well, that's a that's a great topic. I'd like to see your research when you're mm-hmm. wrapping it up, so that I could oh, sure. find out from my own, you know, perspective Absolutely. how to help. Yeah. How do you think that that work and just that reflection has impacted your support for your assistant principals? You know, uh, my assistant principal that I'm working with right now. This is her first year as well, and. Uh, you know, she, it's, it's very challenging for her because as a classroom teacher, you, you build relationships with your team or your grade level and you figure everybody out and you move forward. And when you become an administrator, you are at a different level where you're not equals, but you also want to be understanding of where they're coming from. And so it is, it is a hard transition because you're not always well liked or, you know, Hey, you're not on our side kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that's been where I mostly spend most of my time with her is, you know, and I, I go back to that same thing I said earlier, if you're making decisions on what's best for students and you can always go back on that, then you're going to, you're going to gain their respect. They Mm -hmm. may not like (laughs) your answer or your decision because it's not what they're ready or want to hear from you. Um, but they're going to gain that respect because they know you're always looking out for, for students. Um, I think that's probably the hardest part about for anyone becoming an administrator. It can be a little bit of a lonely world. (laughs) All of a sudden you want to be as everyone's, um, close friend, you have to regain a different type of respect and trust from your staff. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we go to our last question, I have one more question. And yep. that is the idea of, you know, if you had a, you know, kind of a magic wand and could get better at one thing, what is the one thing you wish you were better at as a brand new principal? Oh, not taking everything personally. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough, that's Um, a tough skill. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I, I tell people that don't take it personally and it's so easy to say, but when you're in that position, it's so hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because sometimes things that people say or how they interpret what you say or, uh, what your um, purpose in doing something and their perception of it was completely different. Um, you take it personally, you know, like that's not what I meant. That's not what my heart felt when mm-hmm. I did that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just, you have to go to bed and come back the next day and try it a different way or try it. And, it, and it's hard. It's hard not to take it personally because you do pour so much of your heart and soul into your job. And then when someone's not happy with it or takes it a certain way, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Yeah. Well, you would definitely have jumped into a a rough year to have as your (laughs) first year, but I I just want to also honor that throughout this whole conversation, what I've loved hearing from you is always do what's right for kids. Always do what's right for kids. And I think when you hold true to that, even though there's pushback and people who might not agree or doesn't go quite as you expect, I think having that base intention uh, will always serve you and your students. So it's, it's good. I just want to honor that because that's a great, it's a great uh, space to stand in as you do your work. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Rusty, we always close out our interviews with um, this last question and, um, well, I mean, Tracy talked about a magic wand. Now I'm going to talk about a time machine. We're all into <laughs> fantasy here. Um, so if you had a time machine and you could go back in time um, and give yourself a younger self some advice, you get to pick the younger self. Um, what would you, what advice would you give? Oh my goodness. So many things. Um, but I think at this point it is, um, you know, to, you forgive yourself for, for the things that, that you do that, um, you know, maybe didn't go so well. And it's that the number one thing is that reflection. And, and I learned that a long time ago when I did my national board certification, if you can reflect on what you did and make a change and move forward, then you're always (laughs) going to be true to yourself and you're going to come out better on the other end. If, If you can't do that, um, you know, you've got some learning to do. And I think my younger self, that was hard. You think going into something, okay, I'm a good teacher. I know what I'm doing. I'm a good leader. I know what I'm doing. And you move forward. And if something goes wrong, you beat yourself up over it and you wonder why didn't people like that or, or get where you were coming from. And But it's the reflection. It's trying to see things from other people's perspective and, 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 owning that and being okay well that didn't come across the way I thought it would but this is where they're coming from and how can I do it differently mm-hmm. um, if I could go back to my younger self <laughs> that's what I wish I could have done then yeah, just that's be really better helpful. at reflecting yes that's really helpful advice mm-hmm. yeah thank for you for everybody yeah not just sure. your younger self <laughs> right yes yes <laughs> speaking of reflecting and I tell teachers <laughs> Uh, you know, when you're, when you're teaching and I'm going to come in and do a lesson, you know, I'm not grading you or rating you as a teacher. I'm rating your lesson. And so, you know, as long as you can come to the post-conference and tell me what you reflected on and what you could do differently next time to make that a better lesson, then I know I've got the right teacher on my staff because, you're, you're wanting to get better, you know? Right. So, right. That's the key. Most teachers are that way. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Well, thank you t- for taking time out of your busy day and being with us. We, um, we are just so grateful week after week that we have people who join us and share with us their thoughts and their expertise and their ideas and just what they're doing that makes a difference for our schools. And, and it's been an honor and a privilege not only to know you, but to talk with you and watch you as you, uh, you know, venture off into the land of being in charge. And uh, they are so lucky to have you. No, thank you both very much. I wouldn't be where I am without, without both of you guys. You, you were both key to that. Oh, well, thanks. And, um, I, uh, we haven't had an opportunity to interview very many people who are just brand new to being a principal, but um, I think you uh, brought so many yeah. interesting perspectives to the table, and you also come to the job, just so everybody knows, with a lot of really great experience. Exactly. National board certification, years of assistant principal, a teacher, so... Anyway, Almost PhD done. That's right. <laughs> so you're a little bit unique in that, you know, you've, you've probably further along the way. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your, your perspective. Yeah, and we Absolutely. hope that you can sleep soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Christmas break is around the corner. <laughs> right. Very good. Uh, thank you both so much. Thank you. Talk right. to you later. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye.